0: Hi, this is Mark Brady. I'm the pastor at Anchor Faith Church in Valdosta, Georgia. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. We believe it will bless you and minister to you. And get ready to receive a word from God. Let's turn to Matthew's Gospel, the 24th chapter. Matthew chapter 24. We have some great truths here. We want to look in the first 14 verses there. And uh, we'll actually pick it up, verse 3, because in Verses 1 and 2, we'll pick it up in 4 because in, in, in uh, verses 1 and 2 there, uh, the, the disciples are showing Jesus the temple and talking about how wonderful it is. And he says, there's going to come a time when this is going to be all taken down. Nothing's going to remain. And so they, they come to him then here in verse 3, and it says, Now as they sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately Notice this, they're getting some uh, one-on-one with him, amen? So they come to him privately. This isn't an open setting. This is Jesus speaking to them, okay? And so they came to him privately saying, tell us when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of this age? Now, notice here that there's a three-part question, amen? This is one question with three parts in it. The first part is when is this going to happen? When we are going to see the temple and everything taken out? Then the second one is what is going to be the signs of your coming and the second of the end of this age. Now those are two different times because the sign of his coming would be the catching away of the church and the end of the age would be the, the second advent the millennial reign coming up on the earth. Amen. So, so that's what they're asking him for. They're saying, okay, when is Jerusalem going to be taken down? Then he said this, you know, when are you going to take us out of here? What's going to be signs of you taking us out? And and what's going to happen in the end? So everything that the Lord's going to say from this point on is answering those questions and speaking truth into them. Amen. And so we pick it up here in verse four and it says, and Jesus answered and said to them. Now, listen, listen to what he says. Take heed that no one deceives you. Isn't that amazing? Amazing. The very first thing Jesus does is he says, make sure that no one deceives you. He's speaking to the 12 apostles here. He's speaking to the inner circle. Now, if they could be deceived, how much more should we make sure that we don't get deceived? And if they couldn't be deceived, Jesus wouldn't have warned them. Amen. One translation says, make sure that you are not misled into error. Amen. Amen. So what he's talking about here is this. He's saying, listen, if you want to really know what's going to happen, everything that's going to happen is going to come to bring deception to you and to mislead you and get you away from your calling and what I've got for you and get you off into error. Yep. And so everything that the Lord is going to say in these next verses is a warning to these disciples not to be deceived, not to be misled into error, and not to be taken away from the perfect will and plan and purpose of God amen See, so you've got to understand something folks just because you make jesus lord of your life and make the decision you're going to serve him does it mean that the devil gets out of the way you found that out it's amazing some people think well you know uh, i got saved the moment i got saved that is oh, all you saved now excuse me just go right ahead and serve god I no i mean he'll try to throw every kind of roadblock and deception and everything that he can in front of you. amen He'll attack you and try to stop you. And so the Lord is is speaking here. And and, and it's amazing as we look in these next few verses that, that the enemy will use natural things. He'll use spiritual things. He'll use people. He'll use situations. Amen. So everything now that Jesus is going to talk about is keeping them in a place where they'll not get misled and get off into error and not be able to fulfill God's will in their life. So what does the Lord say to them then? He says this. For many will come in my name, saying, I'm the Christ, and will deceive many. You know what the Lord is saying? If somebody is emphasizing their ministry above Jesus Christ and telling you to follow them, you better walk away from them. Don't get caught up in following a ministry and not following Christ. (laughs) Amen? Amen. So he says, there's many of them going to come and they're going to try to take my place and get you to do what they want you to do and be what they want you to do and go. But he says, don't, don't follow them. Don't be deceived. Don't let somebody pull your loyalty to them over me. Amen. Now let's read on. He goes on, he says this, and you will hear wars and rumors of wars. Well, are we hearing any of that now? See that you're not troubled or frightened. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Now, you need to understand something, folks. This stuff has been going on all along. But Paul wrote in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and said in the last days, perilous, hard to deal with, troublesome times are going to come upon us. And Paul actually is saying what Jesus is saying. And he's saying in these last days, these things are going to ramp up. Amen? And all this stuff is coming on the, on the planet. And he says, so you're going to hear wars and rumors of wars and, and all these things are going to happen. Then verse 7, nation will rise against nation. That word nation, there's ethnos. So he's talking about racial divide. Amen. People coming against people because they're different. And kingdom against kingdom. That spirit of king, God's kingdom against the devil's kingdom. Amen. Satan's kingdom trying to rise up. And rule the lands to the kingdom of God. And there will be famines and pestilence or uh, plagues, earthquakes in various places. Have we had any uh, sicknesses and plagues? And Anybody heard of any earthquakes lately? Sure. Well, there's been earthquakes for the last couple thousand years. But have you noticed that they keep getting a little bit more frequent these days? And they're getting a little bit more worldwide in these days. These things are coming. Now, what was the first thing the Lord said? Don't be misled into error. There are going to be people trying to get you to follow them over me. There are going to be people who are going to come in here and preach stuff that you don't need to hear and get a part of. And he said, then the world's going to kind of go crazy. Amen? Paul wrote to the Romans and he said all the creation is groaning and travailing right now waiting for the manifestations of the sons of God. So the earth is trying to get out of this thing. Amen? So let's keep reading. And he says this in, in verse 8. All these are the beginning of sorrows. He says then they will deliver you up to, to tribulation or persecution or affliction. And they will kill you. And you will be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Now some people say, well, that's not going to... Yes, it is. There are places on this earth that if you're a Christian, your life is in danger 24-7. And even in this country, they're starting to really persecute and come against the church more than I've seen it in my lifetime. Blaming Christians for all the ills. <laughs> Amen. And so we're seeing that going on right now. And he says in verse 20, And many will be offended. They'll fall away and betray one another and will hate one another. Isn't that that sad? People that were on fire for God, serving God, doing what the Lord asked them to do, get offended, receive an offense. And when they receive that offense, instead of dealing with it and letting God help them to get healed of it, they just keep letting it fester and fester and fester until it starts taking the love of God out of them and they start getting angry and resentful and actually go from love to hate. And they walk around offended. I know nobody here knows anybody that uh, has been offended and won't come to church anymore and blaming church and blaming God and blaming you and everything else. See, he's saying these things are coming. And why are they coming? The Lord is saying they're coming to mislead you and guide you into error and get you away from walking with God. This is an attack against your faith and against God's will in your life. Amen. Let's keep reading. He says, then many false prophets, one translation says many lying preachers. You don't want to listen to lying preachers. Amen. Will rise up and deceive many, and because of lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. You know what I'm saying? He says it's going to get worse, more lawlessness. Amen. We're seeing it now even this country's done crazy things try right, you know that people can go in certain states and walk in and they can take as much of the stuff out of the stores they want up to a certain amount as long as they're under a dollar amount they won't even stop them and you know what it does to people when they start seeing all this law that's going on they get hardened you don't watch out, you get hardened, and then you get no sympathy, and you don't care, and you just, and then you get mad because they're getting, and the first thing you know, you walk around mad, aggravated, frustrated, offended, not going to church anymore, you're not praying like you were, you're not doing what God called you to do, and you've done what Jesus said you are not to do. You've allowed the enemy to deceive you into being misled and getting into the error of the season, error of the time. And so the Lord is speaking to us. He's warning us. All these things are warnings to us. But then he gets down to verse 13. He says, But he who endures to the end shall be saved. But he that endures to the end shall be saved. Now somebody says, What do you mean? Jesus is saying, He that digs his heels in has some fortitude. Chooses to persevere under every situation, refusing to allow that to influence who you are in Christ. He said, if you'll take your stand of faith, I'll save you out of everything that I just talked to you about. I'll save you out of the hatred. I'll save you out of the lawlessness. I'll save you out of the famines. I'll save you out of the plagues. I'll save you out of the earthquakes. I'll save you out of all that's coming on. I'll be your deliverer, your protector, and your God in every one of these things. Amen. So, what's the Lord saying here? He's giving us two instructions in the hour we're living. He's saying, guard your heart and don't allow anything to mislead you or deceive you into falling away from God. Number two, when it's coming against you at your worst moment, you draw upon me, dig your heels in, and say, Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. You need to make the, your mind up just like Joshua when he's got everybody set. He comes to them in his last chapter and he says, Listen, if you think it's it's too tough, too hard. You can't do it, and you don't want to go on. You just go ahead and stay where you want to stay. Do what you want to do. But as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Amen? Church time rolls around, I'm there. Prayer time rolls around, I'm there. Somebody needs a mountain moved, I'm there. Hallelujah. Because I am going to follow the examples. You know, the Bible says, follow those who faith and patience. You say, well, I don't know. Well, go follow Paul and the apostles. Amen. You think you know, I read the, the, the not just the teachings of these people, I like to read their lifestyles and see how they handle. You know, it's amazing to me. Paul and Silas get beat up, thrown in jail, at midnight pray and sing praises unto God. I started reading that and I thought I'm gonna have to read that again. Because I don't know that I know anybody that would do that. <laughs> so Lord, I'm gonna have to follow their example. Hallelujah. There are times that Bonnie and I have been under pressure and, and I, 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 she said, what are you going to do? I said, well, I'm either going to cuss and backslide or I'm going to go up my study and count it all joy and pray in Holy Ghost for a little bit. Hallelujah. I said, so just stay down here. And, and, and when I get up to, you know, the Bible says in James, to count it all joy. By the time I'm up to about a thousand, I should have victory. Hallelujah. Amen. I've even had to do this. I've had to send in there and go, joy one, joy two, joy three. Somebody said, what'd you do? I'm just counting it all joy. Hallelujah. But the Lord says, we need to take our stand. And he says, if you take your stand, none of these things have the power to defeat you unless you allow them. The enemy can't deceive you unless you're willing to be deceived. Amen. Jesus told the disciples, don't let anybody mislead you. Don't be deceived. In other words, you have authority over everything that's coming your way, and nothing has the right to defeat you if you keep your eyes on me. He didn't say it was going to be easy. He didn't say it wasn't going to be a tough time or situations coming against you. But he said, dig your heels in, persevere, get you some spiritual backbone, and endure everything that's coming your way. In other words, stand there and say, I'll be the last person standing because Jesus is my Lord. Hallelujah. Amen, I'm going to make it through this Praise God Now holding your place there Look over real quickly to 2 Timothy Look what the Apostle Paul tells Timothy Over here in 2 Timothy chapter 2 Hallelujah He says in verse 1 You therefore my son Be strong in the grace That is in Christ Jesus Notice that First thing Paul's saying here is this be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses. Commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. You therefore must endure. There's that word again. You therefore must endure hardship as a good soldier of Jesus Christ Paul's warning Timothy you're going to have some hardships and you're going to have to just throw your shoulders back and just decide you're going to endure them and you're going to remember who you know recruited you to work for him it's the Lord and you're in his army amen and your loyalty is to him and you're going to stand strong even if it gets tough but notice the first thing he says is this be strong in the grace that's in Christ Jesus. See, you can't endure these times that are coming and are already here in your own strength and your own power. God doesn't want you enduring by just standing there and grunting and saying, I'm tough. You ain't that tough. But what the Lord does say is this, be strong in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, how do I get strong in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? Well, the apostle Peter said in 2 Peter chapter 1, and verse 2, that grace and peace is multiplied to us through the knowledge of God's word. You want to be strong? You better get in the Word and let the Word develop the grace of God inside of you because you're going to have to sometimes just stand there because you don't have the strength, you don't have the direction, you don't have the intelligence, you don't have the whatever, and you just have to pull yourself over in the grace of God and stand on His Word and let His peace be your peace. Amen? Come on. Why? Because you are not doing this by your might nor by your power, but it's by the Spirit of God, the anointing of God, and the power of the one who's called you. Amen? So Paul ties right in with the Lord and says, Listen, if you're going to endure all this stuff that we're facing in this time, and as it ramps up even worse, he says, To do that, you have to get strong in God's grace and God's peace, and you have to let that rule in your life at all times. Amen? That's where you draw your strength from, praise God. Now, somebody says, well, yeah, brother, but why do I have to to do all of this? Well, we looked at verse 13. Now, go back to chapter 24 of Matthew and look in verse 14. Here is why God is warning them and us not to be deceived, not to be misled, and not to be taken out, not to quit, not to give up, not to lose your love walk, not to lose your faith, But stand strong and endure so he can save you out. And he doesn't want to just save you out of this so you can just make it yourself. Verse 14 is the full purpose of why Jesus is speaking to them. And he says this. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then the end will come. Hallelujah. Glory to God. What is the Lord saying? He's saying, listen. You can either get taken out by all the problems and be a, and become a part of the problem, or you can dig your heels in, get strong in my grace, and endure all of this and be a part of the answer. And the part of the answer is, and, and the message Bible says, and all during this time, the gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the nations as a witness to the world. Hallelujah. You know what he's saying? When there's earthquakes, this gospel is going to be preached. When there's famine, this gospel is going to be preached. When there's sickness and disease, this gospel is going to be preached. When they're attacking you, this gospel is going to be preached. When they're calling you names, this gospel is going to be preached. Whenever they're attacking you, the kingdom of God is going to continue to advance. And he's saying, I don't want you taken out. You're in my army. I want you to be strong in me and my grace and my power. Because while they're fussing, you're praising. While they're attacking, you're just standing. Hallelujah. Amen. And we become a voice, God's voice, speaking to the nations in this hour. And what will happen is this, folks. When they see that God in us is greater than the problems in them, they'll want what we have. Amen. And that's what the Lord is saying. He's saying, listen, the devil has his plans to destroy everybody, I've got my plans and my plans include you, but I need you alert to me. I need you walking with me. I need you strong in me. I need you yielded to me and refusing to let anything separate you from me. Amen. And folks, you know, you have to be on guard. That's why the Lord said be on guard. Don't don't get deceived because you see when all this stuff is going on, it's easy to get caught up in talking the junk. It's easy to get caught up in all the anger and all the frustration and all the what's going on. But we've got to make up our minds. No, no, no. I am a child of God. I am a new creation in Christ Jesus. I have been delivered from the authority and the power of the kingdom of darkness. I have been translated over into the kingdom of the son of God's love. I am a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. Jesus is my Lord. And I'm going to let Jesus be my God. Amen. And I'm going to act like a Christian, praise God. Amen. I'm gonna do what the Lord said to do. Amen. I you know, I, I remember a story, you know, I, I, Brother Osteen told a lot of good stories. But I, you know, you maybe heard me say it because i if it's a good one, I, I'll say them again. But he had a lady come to him and, and and she prayed and said, came to Pastor Osteen when he was pastoring the church here at Lakewood and he said, She said, Pastor, I need a job. I need a job, I need a real Would you pray for me to get a job? He said, Sure. So he laid hands on her, prayed for God, open the door. The next, you know, it was on Sunday night. The next Sunday, she showed up. She says, I got a job. Hallelujah. I start this week, and I'm so excited. And so he said, praise the Lord. So then she comes back the next Sunday and gets in line again. And he says, yes, what do you need? She goes, I want you to pray for me to get a job. He said, I thought you said you had a job. She said, I do, but I need another one. He said, what do you need, another one? She says, Well, there are three women in the area where I'm in my shop where I work, and they're so mean, and they put nasty, dirty magazines out where I'm working, and they tell dirty jokes around me. And I'm just so broken up and I just don't want to be around that environment anymore. So pray for me that I can get a good job somewhere else. And Brother Osteen said, I looked there and said, Nope, not gonna do it. Said, God's got you exactly where He wants you to be. Now you get in there and turn that thing around and get them saved. And he laid hands on her and said, Lord, give her wisdom and boldness. In Jesus' name, and send her out. Hallelujah. (laughs) The next Sunday, she came up afterwards, and and, and she was kind of just praising God. He said, well, tell me, darling, what's going on? She says, well, I went back to work on Monday after you prayed for me. And I was there working at my station. And I turned and looked, and there was a nasty, dirty magazine. And then uh, this other one came over here, and they told a dirty joke, these other two. And I was about to cry, then I remembered I heard you you saying to me, you go back and be a witness for Jesus and win him. So she said, Lord, what what can I do? What can I do? She said, Pastor, I didn't know what to do, but I just felt impressed. I just stood up on my chair and started talking in tongues just as loud as I could talk. Hallelujah. (laughs) He said, well, what'd they do? She said, they ran into each other trying to get away from me. Hallelujah. Said so they ran out the door, ran down the aisle, and she said the rest of the day I'd sit there when they walked by. i go Jesus, hallelujah! And said so they'd just run back down. And she said, I just did that for three days. And she said, you know, finally one of them on Thursday came and said, I apologize. You you know, we shouldn't be doing that. And she said, the other ones have kind of been quiet. She said, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm doing exactly what you said. I'm going to get them all three saved. And my department is going to be a Christian department. Hallelujah. Amen. Come on. Well, see, that's the same thing the Lord is saying to the disciples. He said, he's saying you can be offended and become a part of the offenders or you can endure and stand strong and be a part of the witness that's going to set them free. Hallelujah. Amen. And he's saying, don't let them pull you away from me. You draw on to me and you stand up and you take the gospel of the kingdom of them and let them see right in the midst of all that's going on. I am Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. And they see it through you. They see Jesus in you, and they'll want the Jesus that's in you. Hallelujah. Amen. Now here's some things. Look in Romans the 12th chapter. I'm going to read this to you. I actually have the amplified amplified classic. Romans 12, 9 and 10, I'm sorry, 11 and 12. Let's look at Romans, 11, Romans chapter 12, verses 11 and 12. Here the Apostle Paul says this: "Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor." Be glow and burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. Ooh, glory to God. I like that. Amen. Notice that. Never lag in zeal and in earnest endeavor, Romans 12, 11. But be glow and burning with the Spirit, serving the Lord. Notice that. He doesn't say just serve the Lord because you have to because you want to get to heaven someday. He says get all excited serving the Lord realize that 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 heaven will take care of itself but right now you're supposed to be a part of that large army of believers that is preaching the gospel of the kingdom and all the mess that's going on right now and he goes on he says in in, in verse uh, 12 rejoice and exult in hope be steadfast and patient in suffering and tribulation and be constant in prayer isn't that good Hallelujah. What's he saying? He, Paul is writing again to the church saying, you're going to have difficult days. You're going to have persecution. There, Not everybody's going to like you being an on-fire Christian. But you're not in this for a popularity contest. You're in this to bring glory to the Lord and do the works of the kingdom of God and bring forth the gospel to the people. Hallelujah. And you've got to be sold out to the place where you don't get intimidated, you don't get offended, and you do not get embarrassed by people around you because you're a Christian. Hallelujah. I remember I first, you know, back, well, it was back in about 1979, I guess. That's a few years ago, isn't it? Amen. But I, I'd, I'd gone in there and, and I was teaching the word of faith been teaching faith for a number of years now but anyway i was ministering and and and, and somebody came up to me and, and we put a radio broadcast on in the area and i'd always follow brother hagan because you know we we wanted to kind of connect them that we wanted to be connected praise god would identify that i'm a part of the same move and so i'd been on this and a guy comes up to me and he, and, he, and he was a, another minister from another denomination. And I'd gotten there with some preachers, and they introduced me. And he said, Oh, you're that Huffman fellow. I heard you on radio. I said, Yeah, I got a radio broadcast. He said, What are you, one of them Hagenites? And he wasn't saying it to me to be complimentary, you know. You, one of them Hagenites? I ran, I looked at him, and I, I thought, What do I need to do here? So I ran over and grabbed him and said, Glory to God. Yes, I am. Hallelujah. Thanks for a lot li- for hooking me. I, I, you know, if somebody thinks I preach like Brother Hagin, whoa, what a compliment. Hallelujah. He looked at me and went, mm. I thought, Brother, you're trying to offend me to get me to quit preaching the word because you don't agree with it. You know, eventually that guy came in and we became good friends. Hallelujah. We had a meeting together and he found out what I was preaching was the truth. Glory to God. He became a Huffmanite. Hallelujah. Praise (laughs) God. See, somewhere down the line, that's what Paul is saying. He's saying, you're going to have some suffering. But when you do, stay in hope and rejoice and be steadfast and patient and and be constant in prayer. Just, Just keep on pressing in with God. Amen. Let me read it to you in the Message Bible, verses 11 and 12. He says, don't burn out. That's pretty plain, isn't it? Don't burn out. Keep yourselves fueled and aflame. Be alert servants of the master. You Notice know, that keep yourselves af- fueled and aflame. It's not somebody else's responsibility to keep me on fire for God. It's mine. Amen. It's my responsibility to make sure I don't get deceived. It's my responsibility to, to keep joy in my life and keep praise in my praise. Amen. And then he says, be he says, cheerfully expectant. Now listen, don't quit in hard times, pray all the harder. In other words, elevate your commitment to prayer and faith to the level of the crisis and the demand the enemy's putting against you. Amen. You want to turn up the heat, Mr. Devil? I got some heat myself. Hallelujah. And mine's the Holy Ghost and fire heat, Gordon. And so that's why they fall. So, so what are we saying? We're saying we're living in a time where the enemy is trying to quieten you down, shut you up, actually offend you, and get you to saying the wrong things so he can destroy more people. But God is saying right in the midst of this, don't you allow anybody or anything to mislead you or separate you from me, but you press in even the more harder, and you don't just go through the motions. Be a glow. Be burning. Be fervent in the Spirit. Be on fire for God. Keep yourself burning and aglow serving the Lord. Amen? And when it gets tough, just pray and press in even much, that much harder. Amen? Nothing's going to stop me from serving my Lord and doing what He's called me to do. Amen? See, that's where we're at right now. There's, there's a couple things here that we're going to have to do, though, if we're going to stay aglow and burning serving the Lord and be His witness in the hour that we're living in. And the first thing we're gonna to have to do is found over here in Colossians chapter 3. Colossians, the third chapter, and verse 16. Familiar scripture, I'm sure, to most, if not all. But in Colossians 3:16, the apostle Paul says this: Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. He says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. In all wisdom. You know what that means? Be full of the word. Be full of the word. Everything operates out of the word of God. You understand that? Faith operates out of the word of God. Prayer operates out of the word of God. And so Paul says, let that word be in you so much that it affects how you speak, it affects how you sing, it affects your attitude. Isn't that right? Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, speaking and singing, and spiritual songs, and write down. In other words, the word, when the enemy's coming against me, what comes out of me is a song of praise instead of a song of defeat. What I say and do in that mist is, is, is governed by the word and not by the symptoms and circumstances around me. Amen? See, we need to get so full of the word that when the enemy pokes at us, it just blows out at him. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus taught in John chapter 8 and verses 30, 31, and 32. He was speaking who he was and what he's called to do. And many of the, the, the Jews then, it says, they believed on him according to his word. And then the Lord turns right to him, and he says this. He says, now if you continue in my word, you'll be my disciples indeed, and you'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Hallelujah. You know, even though they were believing on him, they weren't free. And he said, if you want to get free now that you believe on me, get in the word until that word becomes alive in you, because that word will set you free. See, the truth you know for yourself is what's going to set you free in these times of trouble. Amen. See, when you got born again, you entered into covenant with God, and everything that he has was now available to you. Ephesians 1, 3 says, Every blessing in heavenly places is now available to you in Christ Jesus. But you have to get them because a lack of knowledge and not knowing the truth is what's keeping you from having what God has for you. Hosea said, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. If I don't know the truth, how can I counter the enemy? Because Jesus is not only our Lord, he's our example. And when he was attacked by the devil in the wilderness, how did he respond? It is written. Amen? He didn't try to pull some spectacular supernatural thing out of heaven that we can't can't get ourselves. He just turned and spoke the word. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And you know, Paul says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. You know what wisdom is? The ability to use the word. Just don't get the word. Ask the Lord to show you how to use it right. Hallelujah. How to work it in your life. Amen. And everything you do, be a word person. Amen. Whenever I'm believing God and I'm standing on something, the first thing I do is what the Lord said in John chapter 8 there. I get in the word and find me truths that will set me free. Amen? And I find two or three of them. Hallelujah. And I get them down inside of me. You say, do you have to restudy the word? Absolutely. You can't live on yesterday's faith. Come on. A lot of you are trying to whip the devil today with yesterday's weapons. You've got to sharpen the sword of the spirit up every day. Hallelujah. And get that word in you every day. Praise God. And so, so the Apostle Paul says, you want to have faith that's going to overcome. You want to be able to stand strong and be God's witness and be a part of the answer in these hour that we're living in. He says, the first thing you're going to have to do if you're going to stay aglow and burning and on fire for God is be full of the word of God. Get that word operating in your life again. Hallelujah. See, Hebrews 2, 1 says, to give the more earnest heed to those things which you've heard lest at any time they slip or drift away. And you see, here's the problem, church. When these attacks come against us, maybe it's the same attack you defeated six months ago or three months ago or or two weeks ago, but now it's coming again. And so instead of going back to the word, you're trying to use something that was real to you then, but you haven't gone back and made it real in this situation. like a gun you you know you have a revolver with six shots in it and boy i'll tell you what last week i ran off every thief that was coming against me but i didn't put any new shells in it and it still looks the same and it still works the same but it don't have any power to it i gotta reload amen and so you and I have to understand, let the word of Christ dwell, live, abide, be real in you, richly, fully, overriding, and, and, and then have wisdom with that to be able to know how to speak it in your situation, praise God. Amen? And don't let it slip away from you. Don't, don't, don't not read it, because if I don't take time to go through the scriptures again, I let them drift away from me. Amen? So what I've got to do is get back in the Word and bring that stuff right back to it. It's right here in front of me, where I'm living it. It's real in me again, praise God. And, you know, the Old Testament's full of types and shadows so that we can see then what we're supposed to be doing now. And, you know, every day they had to go out and get manna. And if they didn't go out and collect it every day, what well, they tried to hoard up from yesterday. It had worms in it, and they couldn't use it. Now, what was God doing? Just trying to make him get up early every morning? No. He was telling them, your walk with me is a daily thing. And you're looking to me as a daily thing. And you're, you're, you're receiving from me as a daily thing. You have to It's, it's not a, I, it's okay to do it once a month. But it's a lifestyle of living for God and drawing from God and feeding off of what he has. Because the enemy's out there. And when the enemy comes in, but you've been been—you're feeding yourself on this morning's manna. Hallelujah. And that word's dwelling in you. And it's, it's greatly in you. And, and it's, you're full up, man. You just And you're thinking about it. And the enemy comes along and you hear something. Instead of going, oh my God. You go, the word says. Amen. And now you're speaking the word. Now you're operating on the word of God. And what does the Bible say? Jeremiah 1.12, God said, I watch over my word to perform it. Hallelujah. Woo. If I want something performed in my life, I need to give God his word. That's what he's looking for amen hallelujah you know there, there, there's a walk here that we need to get a hold of in mark 16 the lord jesus in verse 15 through 20 gives us the great commission and 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 in that he tells us what he'll do and the signs that, that follow and all this stuff and 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 uh you know i can remember we'd started ministering there start you know left Raymond the fall of seventy eight and and then uh, spring is, I guess it's probably uh, March of 79. Uh, I had this great idea. I'm going to have these healing services, praise God, on Saturday night. And so I, I put it out, and we had a small crowd the first time, and I preached on healing, measured people, had some good results. And we was doing it every other week. And so then I had a second one and we did it, praise God, had a little bigger crowd. And we kept doing that for about three months and it was growing. And, and so then one, one Saturday I, I was going to have a, that service and, and and I got busy and I had calls. And I had to go make a call. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm I'm pastoring this little church and we're doing this. And I did get to pray that day like I, I wanted to. I didn't get to spend time meditating in my message. I had it ready, but, I, you know, and so that evening we go to the church and we had a, little place off to the side. It was a little prayer room. And and it didn't have doors. It just had curtains pulled over. And so I I peeked through the curtain. And the place was packed out. Biggest crowd we'd ever had since I'd taken that church. And I pulled the curtains back. And I went, oh God. That's a big crowd. I didn't pray today. Lord, I didn't get to go through my scriptures today. Oh God. Oh Lord. What am I going to do? If I don't go out there and do something, they won't come back. See, I'm thinking I've got to produce something. No, I'm 24, 25 years old, so I can get by with some of that. But anyway. <laughs> but uh, uh, maybe a little older now, but not much. But anyway, praise God. And so I'm there, and, and, and I'm worried about it, and I'm thinking about it, God, what are we going to do? And, and so the Lord said, read Mark 16, 15 through 20. So I read it, go ye in all the world, preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned or damned. Back then, so I had King James. And these signs shall follow them that believe. And I said, that's it, that's it. I need some signs. Hallelujah. He said, read it all. So I went down, all the way down through it, you know. The Lord working with him, confirmed the word of signs. I said, that's what I need. That's what I need, Lord. He said, read Mark 16, 15 through 20. I said, I just did. He said, read it again. So I read it again. And so I said, well, Lord, I, 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 that's what I'm needing. He says, read Mark 16, 15 through 20. You ever notice if you don't get it, God just keeps telling you the same thing? <laughs> and so I said, Lord, I have some intelligence. I'm slow sometimes, but I'm getting it. There's a point you're trying to make here, and I'm just not getting it. What are you trying to show me? He said, read that first verse again I gave you. I said, go in all the world preaching." preach God. He says, who's going to do the preaching? I said, uh, me? He goes, you're right. You're preaching tonight. He says, now read on down here, and they shall lay hands on the sick. Verse 17, and they shall. He said, who's going to lay hands on them tonight? I said, my hands, me, again. He goes, right again. He said, now read verse 20, and the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs fall. He says, who's going to heal them tonight? I said, it ain't going to be me must be you. The Lord said, that's right again. And then the Lord said this, can you do your part? I said, yes, sir. He said, you think I can do my part? I said, yes, sir. He said, then what's the problem? But isn't it amazing? He took me right back to the word and made me have, get back. My part was to preach and lay hands on. His part was to work with me and heal the people. forth. Amen. See, that's why we get in the Word, because the Word shows us our part so that God can do His part. Amen? So what's the first thing I'm going to do if I'm going to walk in victory in these troublesome times? I'm going to be a Word person, amen, and a daily Word person. I'm going to keep these things alive in my spirit and operating in me so that I can walk in the Word. Amen? But then the second thing is is found over here in Ephesians chapter 5. And again, I'll read it to you out of the Amplified Classic in Ephesians 5, 18 and 19. Here the apostle Paul is writing to the church of Ephesus and he says this, and do not get drunk with wine for that is debauchery, but ever be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit. What's the second thing you need? See, he's not talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit here. He's talking about a continual refilling of the Holy Spirit here. You know what the Apostle Paul is bringing the revelation to us here in verse 18? He's bringing the revelation to us that you can receive a fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit every day of your life. There's one baptism in the Holy Spirit where you get initially filled with the Holy Ghost and receive your prayer language and praying in tongues, but then there are multiple, multiple, every day getting filled, refreshed, and renewed in the Holy Ghost in your life. Amen? Amen. And here's the thing, we missed it too. If you'll read this, and, and you know, one some of the scholars say, that says, but be filled with the Spirit. Actually, the Greek is, be being filled with the Spirit. And then where he says, be filled and stimulated with the Holy Spirit, what he's saying is this, God doesn't want you filled up like a bucket full of water. Amen, there are a lot of bucket full of Holy Ghost Christians sitting around doing nothing. The illustration that's behind this is this. He is saying, you're like a sailboat sitting there on the water and your sails are dropped down. But then here comes a big gust of wind, this big wave of wind. And he says, I want you to pull that sail out, unfurl that mast and let let the wind catch it. And if you've ever seen these boats, that wind catches that sail and fills it up. And all of a sudden that boat just gets lifted up and pulled across the water. No effort on itself. It's just being moved by the Spirit. The Spirit is taking it to where it needs to go. Amen. The wind has caught it and the wind is moving it right to where it's needing to go. And what the Apostle is saying here through the anointing of the Holy Ghost, he's saying, listen, he's saying, every day get up and instead of sitting there dead in the water, pull that Holy Ghost mast out and lift yourselves out and let the Spirit of God just take you and let Him be the force behind you getting to where you need to be. Amen. And just stay full of the Spirit of God. Stimulated, stirred up. Every day I get up and I say, Holy Spirit, I receive you coming into me and filling me up and stirring my faith. Hallelujah. I want my faith stirred up so if I find myself in a situation, I'm ready for God to use me to be a blessing in that situation. Amen? So what's the next thing I need to do? Not only do I need to be full of the Word on a daily basis, I need to be filled with the Spirit every day of my life. Amen. And you know, John chapter 7, verses 37, 38, 39, the Lord on that great day of the feast stood up and cried, and saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. And this he spake of the Spirit that they should receive, for he had not been yet given. But he's been given now, amen. And so you know, sometimes what we are is thirsty. good. That's good. Amen. You know, I got talked into running a 5K with my 11 year old granddaughter over th- on Thanksgiving Day of all days. Yeah. And it calls up, and the boys are going to do it, and then they want Papa to do it, and and they and and then Jaden, my grandson, comes and and my son's going to do it. He says, Papa, be three generations of us running. I said, It's been three generations since I ran. you can do it, you know. And then Anna calls and says, Mom, Carly, our 11-year-old sixth grader, wants to run, but those boys are going to run off and leave her. And I don't want to run her through Huntington by herself, but if Dad would run, she could run with him, and he could watch out for her. And Bonnie came and want I said, no. I ain't going to run. Ain't going to happen. Three days later, they call again. I went, Jesus help me hallelujah and so I said yeah okay I'll do it praise God and I want to tell you something they all started off just like they said and they ran and they took off and I got so far and Carly's running and finally I just said I can see you go <laughs> and I ran it I did it praise God but when it was all said and done, I needed my cells fixed. Hallelujah. I needed some help. But I did. I ran it, finished the course. Hallelujah. Didn't stop, didn't walk. But you know something? I was exhausted when I did that. Not so much I couldn't eat Thanksgiving dinner. But I was exhausted. Hallelujah. And you know, there are tests and trials that we're going to find ourselves in. And we're going to battle through. And we made it through. But what are you going to do once you've gotten through? A lot of times we're exhausted. And you know what I did that day? I sat back, took a really good shower and, and just relaxed and had a really good meal and enjoyed myself. But you know, while I was running that race, they had places where you could get some water. Well, I was running that race, I didn't stop and order a hamburger. I didn't need to eat something. I needed to drink something. You understand? And there are times, folks, that what you need to do is just step away from everything and say, Lord, I just need a drink. I need a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost because the Holy Spirit's the teacher. The Holy Spirit's the helper. He's the strengthener. Holy Spirit's the spirit of truth. He'll guide me in the truth, and he'll make the word come alive in me again. Praise God. And you see, so many of us, we need to learn when we're thirsty and when we're hungry. Amen. And even when you're hungry, you still drink something with your food. Amen. My wife is on this, get me healthy kick. So I have to have water with my food. Praise God. I do sneak something ever now, and then that's not water. Praise the Lord. But I have a liquid with my food. Amen. Guess what? All word and you'll dry up. All spirit and you'll blow up. But word and spirit, you'll grow up. Woo! Are you listening to me? So it's not all word and it's not all spirit. But when you put the word and the spirit together, you will be a mighty force for God. And you'll be ready for all this coming on this land. Amen? Yeah. And you'll stand up and you'll be a part of that verse 14 of Matthew 24. During all these things... This gospel of the kingdom shall be preached to all the nations of the world and then shall the end come. I have set myself to be a part of that group that will be preaching this gospel of the kingdom in these times that we're living, getting this thing ready for Jesus to come back and get us, amen? Because remember, this is an answer to, Lord, when are you coming back for us? And what's going to be the end of the age? I believe he's about to come back for us. I believe we're heading into the final run of this thing. And it's so important that we guard our hearts. So important that we refuse to be misled and led into error. And it's so important that we stay full of the word and stay full of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And learn to walk in faith and walk in the Spirit. Amen. Because the Holy Spirit will show you the very attitude you need in every situation you're in. Amen. And the Holy Spirit will give you the word to speak. Amen. I've been in situations before, and I'm sitting there, and my head goes, what are you going to do now? And down here, something starts bubbling up, and here comes a verse. I've had people come up to me and say, Pastor and you are so full of the word, man. You've always got a scripture. Well, I'm going to look at them and say, sometimes, you know, I'm just sitting around watching a football game. I couldn't quote John 3.16. But I got a Holy Spirit helper on the inside of me that knows it all. And he knows it's on reserve there. And if I need it, he just reaches down, pulls it out, gives it to me. And the next thing you know, I'm speaking the word to that situation. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, that's just not for me. It's for all of us. And we need this. Praise God. Listen, in the book of Acts, we won't turn there because we're going to pray and we're going to get a fresh anointing. Amen. But in Acts chapter 3, you know the story. Peter and John go to prayer. Lame man's there at the temple. They get him healed. What? 5,000 people get saved because of it, but the religious people get all mad, throw him in jail. Chapter 4, they bring him back out, stand him before everybody, and they say, now tell us by what authority or what power have you done this? And the Bible says, and Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said. Now, Peter didn't just get baptized. He'd already been filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2. But you know what happened? A fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit came on him. And he stood up and he said if we're going to be judged this day by what authority or power we've done, let let everybody know it was through the name of Jesus. Whom you crucified, whom God has raised from the dead. Through him has this man been made whole in front of you. And they, and the Bible goes on in that fourth chapter and says, and when they saw the boldness of Peter, they took notice that they had been with Jesus. Ooh. Folks, that's what we need in this hour. People need to take notice that we have been with Jesus today. Amen. And so they had to let him go. God delivered them out of that. But then, you know what they did? They went to their own company. And they told them what went on. And they started praying. And, you know, they didn't start praying, oh, God. You know what they did? They said, Lord, you are God. Hallelujah! Don't matter what they're saying, you are God, and you made all of this. And then they finally get down and say, "Now, Lord, grant unto us your service that with all boldness we may speak your word by stretching forth your hand, and the signs and wonders should be done through the name of thy holy servant Jesus." And the Bible says, "And when they had prayed, the entire place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak the word of God with boldness." Now, they didn't get baptized in the Holy Ghost. They got a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost. And you know what happened? That whole church got on fire with a fresh fire. They were already on fire. That's why they're praying, praying Peter and John through that situation. But when they come back, and then the Bible says a few verses later, and with great authority and power, the apostles did mighty miracles, signs and wonders in the name of Jesus. See, that's what God is wanting to do right now. Now, he may want to do it in a mighty way with some ministries, but you know what? He wants to do do it with you. He wants miracles in your home. He wants miracles in your daily life. He wants miracles when the enemy's coming in like a flood. He wants to be there to lift up a standard in your situation and show people that you have been with Jesus. Amen? So what do we need to do? We need to be full of the word and full of the Spirit. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your goodness and mercy. Lord, we just bless you and praise you now. Holy Spirit, we thank you for coming in and upon us, afresh and anew. Lord, right now, I thank you that it is the anointing that destroys the yoke. It's the anointing of the power of the Holy Spirit operating in our lives that gives us the victory over the enemy. And Lord, we just praise you right now. We praise you right now. We just yield ourselves to you right now, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise your holy name, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Your walk with the Lord Jesus is to be a spiritual walk. And it begins with the Spirit of God. Because the Bible says by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. That doesn't mean water baptism. That's the Holy Spirit taking you out of the kingdom of darkness and putting you over into the kingdom of God. That's the Holy Spirit working a work on your heart, taking the old nature out and pouring God's nature into you. It's a spiritual work that goes on. And then that's being born of the Spirit. But then the next work of the Holy Spirit is found there in Acts 1.8 and Acts through 4 that you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the Bible says in verse 2 that they were all filled the Holy Spirit began to speak in tongues. What's that for? See, the first work of the Holy Spirit is for your sake, is to get you in covenant with God, to make you a child of God. But the second work of the Holy Spirit is to make you a witness so that God can work in your life and touch others. And the praying in tongues is a benefit for you, but it's also a benefit for others because when I pray in tongues, I edify myself. But when I pray in tongues, I also pray for others that I don't know how to pray for as I should. So when I get filled with the Holy Spirit, I should want the, the language and everything that comes with the Holy Spirit operating in my life. And then another work then after the Holy Spirit comes in is the Bible says Romans 8, 14, as many as are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So therefore, the Holy Spirit now is my guide in life. He's going to show me where to go, how to go, what to say, when to say, amen. He becomes my teacher. He becomes my helper, my comforter, my counselor. He strengthens me. He stands by me when nobody else will. And he begins to work in me and develop me and help me to grow in my walk with Christ Jesus because he came to be a witness of the Lord. The Holy Spirit never speaks of himself. He always speaks and teaches us about Jesus and leads us into the presence of God. Then the Holy Spirit not only leads us, he teaches us and, and, and works in us, but when we're going through a battle, he becomes that one who will never leave us, never walk away from us. When we don't know what to do, he's comforting us. I've gone through things that, in the natural, I thought, man, I can't do this. And when I I walked into the situation and the hurt and the sadness and all around me, something just rose up on the inside. The comforter just stepped up. And he just said, I'm here in the name of Jesus, acting on his behalf to help you get through this. And he was there. And so what I do when I get up, I acknowledge the Holy Spirit in my life. And then I just get to the, I go to the Lord and I say, Lord, you said when you're thirsty, come and drink. I've already got up this morning and had me a glass of water because my physical man was thirsty. But now I'm coming to you, Lord Jesus, to get me a big drink of the Holy Ghost because I'm thirsty for the Spirit of God in my life. Amen. I want to tell you something, church. Sometimes we're not getting our breakthrough or healing or something going And it's not because we're not using our faith or believing or praying, but we're concentrating on that when maybe we should just step back, take a drink of the Holy Spirit and get refreshed and renewed because the Holy Spirit energizes our faith to work when we don't know how it's going to work. Amen? So you maybe are going through some things right now. There's two things right now I want to ask. Number one is Jesus Christ, Lord of your life. Let me see. Come on, be a witness for Jesus. I'm raising my hand up because I have committed my life to Jesus Christ. Amen. He is my Lord. I know that I'm saved. I don't have to guess. I don't have to hope so. Maybe so. I'm sure. I sure hope it is. No, no. I got a know so salvation. Amen. I know the Lord and he knows me. Second thing, not only are you born in the spirit and saved. How many of you have received the Holy Ghost as your helper? He'd come into you and you've been filled with the Holy Ghost and powered of God. to have a prayer language and you to pray in the Holy Ghost. Amen. Hallelujah. I want you to stand with me. Because you've been filled with the Spirit. You've been born of the Spirit, filled with the Spirit. You're being led of the Spirit. But if you're going through a battle right now, what you need possibly is just a fresh anointing of the Spirit. Amen? Because, see, here's the thing. God works through the anointing. You understand that? Because the anointing is the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit operating in that situation. Jesus said to the disciples in John 14, he said, if you can't believe me for what I'm teaching, you believe me for the works sake, because I do what my, I'm, the works I do, the Father in me, he do it. Well, how did the Father do the works in Jesus? Well, Acts 10:38 says how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with fire who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the earth. How did God do the works through Jesus, through the anointing of the Holy Ghost? Acts 19, the Bible says, From the hands of Paul, handkerchiefs were taken and placed upon the sick and firm The demon says, and they were delivered. And God did special miracles by the hands of Paul. How did God do special miracles by the hands of Paul? He got anointed by the Holy Ghost. Same thing with us, amen? The greater the anointing, of the refreshing, the renewal of the Holy Spirit on me, the greater the power that flows out whenever I speak my faith. Because the Word of God is spiritual. And the Holy Spirit brings life and power to that Word. Amen? So here's what I was doing. I was praying this afternoon. I spent a time going through this. I actually had a different message, but God spoke to me and said, this is the message. Because there are attacks in me. He's trying to discourage. He's trying to, to deceive. He's trying to offend. He's trying to pull us away. And the Lord said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to minister to the people the importance of staying full of the word and full of the spirit. And he said, then for those who want a fresh anointing and receive a fresh drink of the Holy Ghost, you're not going to come up and pray for some mountain to be moved tonight. You're not coming to pray for some healing to manifest. You're coming to say, Lord, I'm coming to you, Lord Jesus, to get a fresh drink of the Holy Spirit, because I want my spirit, my faith, and my walk with you energized with a fresh anointing. Amen. And when you get full of the Holy Spirit, you, you you can tell whether or not you need a fresh anointing. You say, How do, how do I tell whether I need a fresh anointing, Pastor? Hoffman? And you shall receive and be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the spirit, speaking to yourselves. One of the Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. What's your conversation like? Are you speaking out Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs? Are you praising God? Is your is your, is your your conversation uh, one filled with faith and, and the word of God? Is everything is going out of you positive and Jesus is Lord? Or are you walking around saying, I don't know. I believe in God. See. The Holy Spirit influences and affects how we talk. It influences our attitude. He influences how we how we see things and, and, and how we You know, if I'm walking around just barely making it, you know what I need? You're running a 5K, get a drink. Amen. You don't need another message. You need a drink to flush that message down, work and work for you. Hallelujah. Amen. So if you're here tonight, maybe the thing you're needing to get that healing breakthrough is just a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost. So you're just energized and glow and burning and on fire for God. Amen. That your confession is now energized with the power and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. That your praise is, again, not just you forcing it, but it's just flowing out of you because He said out of your belly, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. It's flowing now, praise God. Things around you maybe hadn't changed, but something on the inside changed. You just got the victory. And I want to tell you something, church. The moment you get the victory in here, you'll see the victory out here. When I get it in my spirit, I'll have it in my life. Amen. And it's the Holy Spirit who puts it in here and brings it out here. Amen? Praise God. So what are we going to do right now? You're here and you say, Brother Hubman, I want this night, before we get out of here, a fresh anointing of the Holy Ghost. I'm going to invite you to come up here in the front. I'm going to come by and lay hands on you. I'm going to tell you right now, when I lay hands on you, the anointing of the Holy Spirit is going to come on you. And at that point in time, all you've got to do is take a drink. Receive. Amen. And that anointing is going to come into you and upon you. And whatever yoke you've been dealing with and burden you've been dealing with is going to be destroyed. Because it's the anointing that destroys the yoke. Now who am I talking to? Step out. Don't wait. Come now. Come now. Right now. You're coming now. Come on. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast today. We trust you received a word from God.